Hello all you film freaks and movie maniacs out there. My name is Nolan Carr and I'd like to welcome you to the go-to podcast for all things cinema. But before you can ask any questions, just sit back, relax, as I present to you a Strawland Studio Productions Critiquing with Carr. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of Critiquing with Carr. I can't believe we're back with another episode of Favorite Film Fridays. This week we have a great film to review with you today, but before we begin, let's get on with the preamble. If you've enjoyed this podcast so far the last few weeks, do us a favor by subscribing on YouTube or following on the audio platforms, clicking that heart or like button, or turn on post notifications so you're up to date with news and updates regarding the podcast on those platforms. Also, don't forget to click that share button so you can help grow the podcast with your family and friends. If you want other ways of staying up to date with the podcast, do us a favor by following on Instagram at Critiquing with Car. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, we have a great movie for you today to talk about, and that is Sergio Leone's The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. You know, a few years ago, I tried watching this on either Amazon Prime or Netflix. I really tried a whole heck of a lot to get myself to view it, but I just, I couldn't. So I thought, why not try again during my review podcast like this on Favorite Film Fridays to watch this movie? And throughout this video, during my likes and dislikes section, I will tell you what I liked, disliked about the film, my overall thoughts, and ranking out of 10 Diamond Daves. And with that, let's begin. As I said in some other movie reviews, usually the director has its hands dipped in many cookie jars like this film. I say that because Sergio Leone not only is the director, he is one of the screenwriters, and he wrote the story this movie's based off of. The other screenwriters of this film are Andrew Scarpelli, and the other one is Lorenzo Vincenzoni. Luciana also was the other one that helped write the story this movie is based off of. And this movie was also produced by Alberto Grimaldi. The cast of this film is as follows. Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, Ile Walk, Aldo Guifer, Antonio Casas, Rado Rasimov, Aldo Sambril, Enzo Petito, Luigi Pastilli, Olivia Lorenzon, Al Moloch, Sergio Mendezibal, Molina Rojo, Lorenzo Robledo, and Mario Brego. The cinematographer for this film was Tonino Delicali. It was edited by Nino Baragli and Eugene Balasio. The music was done by Enya Morricone. The production companies were Produzioni Europa Associates and United Artists. This film was distributed by the same company, which is Produzioni Europa Associates. It was released two days before Christmas on December 23rd of 1966. It was 177 minutes in terms of the Italian release, and just at 161 minutes when it was released in America. This movie was an English, Spanish, and Italian-speaking film, while it was also filmed in Italy. The budget of this film was $1.2 million, and the box office total was $38.9 million. Unfortunately, this film was only nominated for a few awards. I will list them as follows. At the 1968 BAFTA Awards, Lee Van Cleef was nominated for Best Foreign Actor. At the 1968 Laurel Awards, Clint Eastwood was nominated for the Golden Laurel for Male Action Performance. At the 1967 David D. Donatello Awards, Clint Eastwood was nominated for Best Foreign Actor. The 1967 Golden Laurel Awards, this film was nominated for three awards. This film came in second place in the Top Action Drama category. Clint Eastwood came in second place for Top Male Action Star. Lee Van Cleef came in third place for Top Male Supporting Performance. And at the 1966 National Border Review, Eli Wallach won Best Supporting Actor. And now it comes time to one of my other favorite parts, which is when I list off the top and highest grossing films of that year's release, and that year being 1966. Coming at number 10 was Georgie Girl. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. It had a total gross of $7.6 million, and the lead actors were Lynn Redgrave and James Mason. Coming at number 9 was Alfie. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures. It had a total gross of $8.5 million, and the lead actor was Michael Caine. 
Coming in number eight was The Professionals. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. It had a total gross of $8.8 .8 million. And the lead actors were Burt Lancaster and Lee Marvin. Coming in number seven was Grand Prix. It was distributed by MGM. It had a total gross of $9.3 million. The lead actors were James Garner and Eva Marie Saint. Coming in number six was The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. It was distributed by United Artists. It had a total gross of $9.8 million. And lead actors were Cole Reiner and Eva Marie Saint. Coming in number five was A Man for All Seasons. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. It had a total gross of $12.8 million. And the lead actors were Paul Schofield and Wendy Hiller. And coming at number four was The Sand Pebbles. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. It had a total gross of $13.5 million. And the lead actors were Steve McQueen and Richard Attenborough. Coming at number three was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? It was distributed by Warner Brothers. It had a total gross of $14.5 million. And the lead actors were Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Byrne. Coming at number two was The Bible in the Beginning. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. It had a total gross of $15 million. The lead actors were Michael Parks and Ulla Burgard. Coming at number one for the highest grossing film of 1966 was Hawaii. It was distributed by United Artists. It had a total gross of $15.6 million. And the lead actors were Julie Andrews and Max von Sydow. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, my likes and dislikes of The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is a spaghetti western directed by Sergio Leone that has left an indelible mark on the genre. It boasts an iconic title that encapsulates the three main characters in a visually stunning setting in the desert. However, while the film has its strengths, it also suffers from notable flaws that hinder its overall impact. The film's opening credits, accompanied by western music and graphics, creates an engaging and captivating introduction. The stylish aesthetic and the vast desert landscapes contribute to the film's visual appeal. The choice to base the title on the three main characters, each represented by a moniker, adds depth and intrigue to the narrative. Lee Van Cleef's portrayal of the bad is masterfully mysterious, capturing the audience's attention from the start. As you probably could tell, there are only a handful of good things I liked with this movie. The poor dubbing is evident during the sit-down scene with the bad, which hampers the overall viewing experience. Clint Eastwood's introduction as the good lacks the impact expected from such a pivotal character. The partnership between the good and the ugly to arrest and then release the ugly after getting paid and splitting the bounty reward adds an interesting dynamic to the story. However, the character development of the ugly starts out tame but becomes tough, which may not resonate with all the viewers. The makeup in the film, given its release year, is not up to par, with noticeable inconsistencies and flaws, particularly on the good's face during the desert scenes with the ugly as his slave. The Union prison camp scene, followed by Tuco's death by hanging, proves to be a highlight in terms of execution, showcasing the film's ability to deliver impactful moments. The film's plot progression from Blondie and Tuco getting captured to their time in the Union prison camp may feel disjointed and hard to follow. Although Tuco's blabbermouth adds a touch of humor, Clint Eastwood's stoic and quiet approach to tackling situations creates an intriguing contrast between the two characters. However, the noticeable unsynchronized voice dubbing during conversations with the drunk Confederate captain detracts from the overall viewing experience. The film's portrayal of death, particularly when cannibals land near their own men, resulting in a comedic fall and death, feels underwhelming and lacks impact. On the other hand, the graveyard scene featuring Blondie firing at Tuco while the music from the Modelo commercial plays adds a unique and memorable touch leaving a lasting impression on viewers. In conclusion, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly emerges as a flawed masterpiece in the Western genre. While the film boasts an engaging opening, visually stunning landscapes, and intriguing character dynamics, it falls short in several aspects. The poor voice dubbing, inconsistent makeup, and confusing plot progression hindered the overall impact of the film. However, there are moments of brilliance in standout scenes that showcase the film's potential. With Clint Eastwood's commendable performance, Lee Van Cleef's enigmatic portrayal, and the whimsical charm of certain characters, the film manages to captivate to some extent. Ultimately, the good, the bad, and the ugly may not resonate with everyone, and its flaws are evident. 
However, it still holds a place of significance in the Western genre and warrants exploration by enthusiasts. While it may not be a film that demands viewing, it offers a glimpse into the artistic vision of Sergio Leone and provides moment of both enjoyment and disappointment. That's why, unfortunately, I'm only able to give it a 6.5 out of 10 on the Diamond Dave scale. With that being said, I'll leave you with this. If you've enjoyed this week's edition of Barrett Film Friday on Critiquing with Carr, do us a favor by subscribing on YouTube, following on the audio platforms, clicking that heart or like button, turning on post notifications so you're up to date on those platforms when new episodes release, as well as clicking that share button so you can help grow the podcast with all your friends and family out there. If you want other ways to stay up to date with more news and updates regarding the podcast, follow on Instagram at Critiquing with Carr. And until next time, my film freaks and cinephiles, happy viewing.